Hello, friends and family. This episode is brought to you by the importance of universal pre-K. Want to improve your education system? Universal pre-K is a great way to start. This episode is also in great thanks to my cousin Mira, who let me shadow her son at a preschool for an entire day, which was an absolutely wonderful experience. One of the key aspects that I took out of that experience was the importance of play-based learning. It was amazing to see how engaged the students were throughout the day and how much fun they were having while also learning. And the key aspects, too, that the teachers were focusing on were one, independence, two, social skills, and three, self-empathy. That's fabulous. Mira also connected me with this wonderful first grade teacher that we are about to hear. Enjoy. Welcome back to The Traveling Teacher. I am in a wonderful primary or elementary school today. I'll let the wonderful teacher introduce herself. <laughs> Hello, my name is Miria Elo, and I'm a teacher here in Espoo, Finland. Thank you so much for joining us today. As a warm-up question, I would love to get your recommendations on what visitors should do when they come to Finland. Well, if they come to Helsinki, which is our capital, I think we have a lot of really, really lovely museums and an excellent library system. And our libraries are very beautiful also. So I would recommend that, that they would go and see the libraries. I did go to the library Ori. in central Helsinki, oh, yes. yes. It's more of a community center. Yes, yes. Pretty amazing yes. space. You can do 3D printing and sewing. Yes. I, I second that one. That is <laughs> a great uh, choice. All right, well, let's dive into this uh, Finnish school system. Would you mind giving us a general overview of like what a student experience is and what it means to have like universal education in Finland? So uh, mostly it's, big, uh, it's like about uh, equality in Finland. Uh, all the students get equal, I think, equal uh, teaching so that uh, everyone gets to the, go to the school, which is closest to your house and we have uh, so that they don't have we have some uh, private schools but not very not very many mm -hmm. and even the private schools they also follow the national curriculum so most students are very equal here and uh, we have a very very special special education uh, system here in Finland so all of the schools have special education teachers that they help with uh, those those pupils who have learning disabilities or stuff, that sort of things that they need help with. And uh, I think that's like the most, like the biggest thing in Finnish school system. And uh, then they, we have like classroom teachers that go from first to sixth graders and then uh, seventh to ninth graders have uh, like subject teachers. Mm -hmm. And before they come to school, they start school at the... Uh, year when they turn seven so before that they go to preschool which is one year and it's also uh, they also have their own curriculum what they teach but before that uh, parents can decide on what the children do do they stay at home till the age of six or do they go to the daycare and and I think a lot of Finnish kids go to the daycare and kindergarten, but then uh, the kindergartens are very like the like I think the most they they focus on 
free play mm-hmm. and uh, just like social skills. And so it's like learning norm- normal everyday stuff and uh, and it's not very sort of academic at that point. Why is play-based learning a key focus in Finland? Uh, I think we see that uh, play is very crucial on the child's development. And especially like in uh, primary school, we see that children need to have time for free, free play. And it, it uh, develops their social skills, their emotional skills, their mental skills, their cognitive skills. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, we see that they need to have a lot of um, time for that. And then also at school... We use play uh, like uh, as a way to teach things. So we play a lot at school. <laughs> yeah, that's important. I think that it's a great way to build that sense of, you know, the social skills that they need to learn and also a, a sense of creativity and imagination. So I'm, I'm glad to see that. Well, it's been really fun seeing your class this morning. And so I'd love for you to just be able to talk about a little bit like what exactly you teach and and give a little overview of what that experience is like, how many hours the students are at mm-hmm. school, how many students you have, in yes. that sense. So uh, I have the first and second graders. It's not very typical in Finland to mix those two grades. We normally have like first graders are at their own class and then second graders are at their own class. But in our school, we have first and second graders uh, together so that I have uh, 11 second graders and nine first graders. And um, I tease them for those two years that they are with me. So the first and second grade. And then on Lucky the third. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. And then on the third grade, they uh, they go, go with all the other third graders. So at that point, they don't have third and fourth combined. Mm-hmm. But they are all like all of their classmates are third graders. And then all, at the fourth grade, all of their classmates are fourth graders. Um, uh, I have 20 students here at my class. Uh, I think the maximum in Finland for first and second grade is 26. Okay. So uh, that's like the biggest class, um, like biggest amount of pupils that you can have in one classroom. Uh, on the third grade, it's 32 already. So that's quite big. It is quite yes. nice. And then, but then on the seventh grade... It gets down to 25. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know why, <laughs> but it does. It's an interesting age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably that, yeah. So. That's probably it. Um, but I think like the, uh, like the. I think if I could change something, that would be uh, the thing, fact that we wouldn't have so big classrooms. Yeah. Uh, well, I love my job. Uh, Finnish classroom teachers have like a lot of. Uh, Freedom. We get to choose how we teach. Uh, of course, we have the national curriculum, but it's not very, it's not very sort of detailed. Mm-hmm. It's more, it has more like overviews of what you need to teach and what sort of skills. But it's how you teach them that I get to choose, and Finnish teachers get to choose, which is, uh, I think, about the biggest thing, uh, which gives us the like we don't have that big pay or anything so I think that the freedom of uh, being you and getting to choose how you teach is like the biggest thing in my my profession I love I love it (laughs) and then um well my my first and second graders go to school 20 hours per week or 21 when they have English lessons uh which start at uh, like the at the 
spring at the first grade at the moment. So my first graders go to school uh, 20 hours and my second graders 21 hours per week. And it's normally from 8 to 12 or from 9 to 1 p.m. And then uh, after that, they go either go to home or then they uh, go to the afternoon daycare, which is at the school, or then they go to the play park, which is quite close by. But the parents get to choose what the children do at that time. And then there they uh, have, they mostly they do, like if they go to the evening, uh, the afternoon daycare, uh, they uh, normally they do their homework, mm-hmm. then they have some sort of snack, uh, and then they have free play or some crafts. So, but they get to choose a lot what they do there. Playing devil's advocate, you know, as this American educator, mm-hmm. I can say like, four hours a day, how <laughs> yeah. do they learn anything? <laughs> uh, what would your response be to that? Uh, I think we're very efficient. We think, uh, I think we sort of focus on the fact that what the children need to become like a balanced grown-ups. I think we teach them a lot of like the basic skills, mm-hmm. like of course maths and, and reading and writing. They're like a big, big thing that we teach. That's like the biggest biggest thing that we need to teach. But of then uh, after that, we get to choose quite a lot. So uh, I don't know. I think one of the facts is that uh, our teachers are very highly educated. We have the master's degree also at the primary primary school, like us as classroom teachers, primary teachers. Uh, and I think that's one of the biggest things. And then we also focus on the fact that what the how the child sort of progresses so mm-hmm. that they can progress inv- individually. Yeah. So I think that's that's one thing. And and the so, uh, the special education teacher system so that the, we don't get so many school dropouts or, uh, or those pupils that, uh, like, uh, have very low uh, academic skills. So I think Finnish students are quite sort of, uh, they're all quite good maybe there aren't that many like really excellent mm-hmm. uh, but we don't have like really 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 like uh, poorly educated yeah. pupils also one thing that i was reading is that actually your lowest percentile of students mm-hmm. are higher than any other country mm-hmm. and i guess so i'd love to you know ask you a little bit more about that that kind of individualized care that special education mm-hmm. care how does that work necessarily, like specifically in your classroom um, or in different schools that you've been a part of? Uh, well, yes, that's, uh, we have, of course, we don't test our students that right. much. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're anti-testing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, but of course we test where they are at their, like, reading uh, reading ability what their reading abilities are what their what their math abilities are and then mm-hmm. when we see those that have uh their that they're like the uh, level that they're at if it's not very high then we like the special education teachers uh they all they either come to the classroom and teach there at the same time when you're teaching or then they go to a special education teacher to her little classroom or his little classroom and then they have uh, uh, more individual uh, teaching, and we also use a lot of uh, all sorts of uh, aids, uh, like like con- concre- concrete stuff. Even mm-hmm. like in in math, we use a lot of concrete uh, materials that they work with, so that they would get a better understanding of the subject. 
and like it's not only like count with your fingers it's all sorts of things that you sort of uh, try to uh, aid the uh, the thought that so that he he or she would know how to how the mathematical thinking works <laughs> mm. and in the united states you need a lot of like pre-examinations mm. diagnostics to mm. see if they qualify mm. for that kind of aid like if you notice the problem mm. with a student do you have to go through any hoops like that? No, or no, no. I just, uh, I don't actually even need to notify the parents. I, of course, do. Because right. I think it's, they need to know where they're, what's going on with their children here. But we, I get to make the decision as a teacher that he or she needs this help. And then I talk with the special, special education teacher. And then I said, this is the kind of help she or he needs. And then uh, that's it. Then I just, we'll just start working with that. Yeah. That issue, yes. Oh, that's that's really fabulous. And then going off the autonomy that you have, we were talking a little about field trips. Yeah. Can you describe how that kind of works? In your <laughs> yes, system? yes. Uh, we have a lot of freedom. Uh, we don't get. Uh, we don't need to uh, for like fill all sorts of forms. We if we sort of think that there's some sort of uh, excellent uh, exhibition on some sort of museum. We just uh, we don't actually even need to notify the parents because <laughs> uh, uh, yes, uh, uh, of course we we notify the uh, like the school board or principal, but that's that's it. We get that's uh, that's what we need. That's mm-hmm. it. We don't need any sort of permission to go. We get to book the like the tour what we want. Then even the buses are for free, <laughs> so it's excellent. And yeah. that's how, because we, we, especially with the sm- smaller kids, we uh, use very holistic approaches to mm. teaching. So uh, when they have like, if they have like, we've had a forest animal theme. So when we, we go to a forest and we build some sort of little, little, uh, maybe like squirrels, little house or whatever in that's the forest. Fun. But then we also get to go to a museum mm-hmm. uh, or like natural history museum at yeah. the same like maybe the next week and then we count with animals and and that sort of thing how so. often are you outside of the school on these kind of field trips or mm, well like the we used to the forest nearby yeah. almost every week ah. uh but uh, like if we go to museum or theater or ice skating or um, well at least 10 times a week per year at That's least. so lovely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think at a maximum, most schools are maximum mm. four times a year. And oh, okay, that's, yeah. It's just, you know, because a lot yeah, of it costs yeah, yes. a lot of money. Um, so, like, a lot of this autonomy then must come with a lot of trust. And so I'm mm. curious, like, how do the teachers, uh, like, what is, like, kind of your your steps in order to become a teacher? Like, is that very rigorous is it very time consuming or well it takes uh, yes it, it's because we have the ma- master's degree in university so yeah. it takes about the same time as it would be to become a lawyer or or whatever so we 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 stay at the university uh, the minimum is 4 years mm-hmm. that we so we uh, we also we study the subjects that we teach but also i think the main focus for our like primary primary school teachers we have the main focus is, I don't know what it is in English, but it's in Finnish, it's like um, uh, raising science. It's like how to raise kids, okay. science. I don't know what, what it, it, prob- it obviously has some sort of English name, but I don't know what it is. But that's what we spend most of our uh, like 
time learning, and we also do some research mm-hmm. on the on that. And then we have uh, we like I teach all of the subjects here for my my students, which is very normal in first and second grade. So from Finnish and mass and religion, we have religion also, oh. yeah, uh, and then science, arts, crafts music and then physical education so all the eight subjects and then english also on the second about the first and second graders so english starts so this would be their second language starts in uh, in the first grade the first and grade. in the the, the springtime yes can you talk actually a little bit more about languages because i think that is something that is so lacking in the united states mm. uh, do they learn a new language every so couple of years or is they stick with one uh, they can learn uh, like the the English now, well, it can be, it varies. It can be also like German or Swedish. Mm-hmm. It's the language that is being taught at the school, which starts at the first grade. Okay. Uh, it, and if they have like two languages that start with the, uh, like they have to start, they or they used to start at third grade. That's the language that they now start at the first grade. Um, so it's like the first language comes at the first grade and then, then there's the third grade language, and then you can also have a fourth grade when take a third third language at the fourth grade. Mm-hmm. But you you have to read English at the primary school. If it doesn't start at the first grade, then it has to start at the fourth grade. And then also because Finland is b- bilingual, we have our official languages are Finnish and Swedish. We have also have to learn Swedish, and that needs to start at least from the sixth grade. So at a very minimum, the students are leaving with three languages. Yes. Trilingual. Yes. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so going feeding off of that, I guess I'm uh, very impressed and would also just be curious about, you know, what if you had the kind of control or ability to run a school or a district what would be some of the kind of key factors that you would really want to see improved on or changed mm-hmm. so that uh, growth could happen? Well, if I had the money, yeah. <laughs> I would like. I think the amount of uh, adults, mm-hmm. I would increase that. Okay. More assistance, uh, fewer pupils in the classrooms, because uh, of course that. Uh, so that you would have time to sort of really meet the student, the pupil every week and know, know exactly where he or she is. Now that I have 20 and they're small, uh, they talk to me a lot. Yes. So I, I know what's going on with them, but especially when, they're, when they get older mm-hmm. and then if you have like 32 students in your class and then there's a few that are having maybe more problems then yeah. they of course take more of your time and then I don't think that some of the students get to be sort of met on a daily or weekly basis and so I think I would do that I would increase the adults at the schools. I am very much in favor of that kind of model and you can imagine how some of the United States teachers who have in first grade 30 students mm. may mm. feel about that same that same sense. Uh, and I think one more question too, because you really started off with this idea of of equity and mm. equality as being a major focus. Uh, and I'm curious about how you see your role as an educator in terms of like creating social awareness, being addressing these issues of equality or these major concerns of climate change mm. um, or the rise of nationalism or anything like mm. kind of that idea of social awareness. How how does your role as a teacher play a part in that? 
Well, I think these are the, like an excellent age mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. Uh, we talk a lot about differences and also the equality is shown at the schools because we have all sorts of students here. Yeah. Uh, we have special uh, special needs te- uh, students and we have also uh, students that come from very different social backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have immigrants. Mm-hmm. We have... Uh, very high income parents and children here and they're all in the same classroom and they get all get the same teaching and then we also that's i think that's and of course we teach them how to interact together and play together and i, I think that comes very naturally here with those smaller kids and then we well of course finland is very i think we have I think we have like the most amount of water in the whole world and then we have like the yeah. m- most forests in the whole Europe so very 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 sort of I think we're very uh, eco-friendly and very uh, I think very very in touch with the nature mm-hmm. so I think it's very easy for us to learn like t- teach all sorts of like uh, uh, all sorts of like um, things that uh, so that it, like like the ecosystem and how it works and what's what's bad for the planet and stuff i think it's very it's very easy for us here because we see the differences and of course we talk about the fact that uh we don't get that much snow anymore as in as in when i was a child and so you can sort of see also the changes Mm mm-hmm but uh i think i think it's very natural for us we because we have the theme based uh, teaching mm-hmm. we also have uh, uh, themes that are linked to like uh, nature and uh, preserving the nature as it is and how we can uh, make uh, sort of what we can do what sort of uh, even though, though there are small children what we can do to improve uh, the like the nature and help the nature well, not only are you improving a student's lives, you're improving our world as a whole. So, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for, for talking to me today. You're welcome. <laughs>
students present in English about these scientific topics. So I hope that you will enjoy it. Class dismissed. Thank <laughs> you.